Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Meraki Unboxed podcast. My name is Sammy Brenner, and I actually won't be taking you through the episode today, but I'm going to introduce um, and chat a little bit about the content of the episode for today, and then uh, the host will go ahead and take it away. So we are actually collaborating on this week's episode with Cisco Champion Radio, which is really awesome. They have a great podcast all around Cisco Meraki's 5G cellular gateway. We know that organizations need a way to scale faster, build stronger, and execute on flexibility. So in this session today, the audience are going to learn a little bit more about our first ever 5G cellular gateway and how Meraki's cloud-managed uh, 5G helps solve business challenges. And uh, it's a really interesting episode. We have some uh, people from our product team that are also joining that are going to give a bit of a deep dive. So we hope you enjoy this collaboration today. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave comments, feedback. Remember, download, subscribe, tell all your friends about the Meraki Unbox podcast, and we will be back in, an, in another two weeks with more content. Enjoy the episode today, folks. Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Danielle Carter, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at Cisco Champion. Today we are talking about Cisco Meraki's first ever 5G cellular gateways and how Meraki Cloud Managed 5G helps solve business challenges spanning several industries. Our champions and Cisco experts will be leading the conversation, so let's get into introductions. Dan, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Dan Kelcher. I am a solutions architect with IP Fabric, and you can find me on Twitter at Ipswich. Great. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us. Mark, how about you? What do you do? I am a senior solution architect working for AWS since a few months. Prior, I used to work for a global healthcare company, and we had to deal with thousands of Meraki devices. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Gian, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Gian Zhou. I'm the principal network architect with PK Technology. We are a Cisco partner, and I participate in both pre-sales and post-sales activities. Great. Pratik, Shanka, Uni, thank you for joining us today. In no particular order, can you tell us who you are and what you all do at Cisco? Sure, Danielle, I'll go first. Uh, first of all, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone around the world listening in. We are so excited to be here from the Cisco Meraki team. On behalf of the launch team of the MG51 and 51E, we are super thrilled to be talking about this topic today. My name is Pratik Desai. I lead product marketing for hybrid cloud and 5G cellular at Cisco Meraki, and I'm joined by two of the brightest minds in all of technology. If you would like to take your time to introduce yourselves as well, gentlemen. Hey, this is uh, Shankar here. Uh, much like Pratik said, excited to be a part of the call, excited to talk about the MG51. Uh, I work as a product manager for the MGs and uh, for the virtualization or the cellular gateways and the virtualization portfolio. Part of the three musketeers, if you will, uh, that 
from this team uh, that will deliver on whatever you think is the most appropriate for the cellular gateway. Back to you, Oni. Thanks, Shankar. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening for folks joining in. Super excited and sharing the same passion as Pratik and Shankar here. Uh, my name is Uni. I am a technical leader, TME, on the Meraki product. Uh, likewise, uh, the one of the three musketeers, uh, part of the MXIG family, that is Meraki Cellular, as well as Meraki Firewall, our security gate uh, security appliances. Uh, glad to be here and uh, looking forward to like an interesting round of questions. Great. Again, I just want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, so can we just get a little bit of background on today's topic? I'm not sure who wants to take it away. Yeah, sure. So exactly as you had mentioned, Danielle. So we're talking about 5G fixed wireless access, often called FWA. But I'd like to actually take a step back and build some context as to why. Cisco mid-market commercial and enterprise offerings are used by businesses, government agencies, and everyone around the world, right? 80% of the internet is powered by Cisco gear. And the really cool thing about the last few years is we've really hit this inflection point where as companies are moving to distributed systems, hybridized systems, and the advent of 5G on the cellular side, we've really hit this point where we have a new modality for connectivity that's not just a backup option anymore. And as a matter of fact, with Cisco Meraki cloud management, 5G cellular WAN or 5G FWA really helps businesses to unlock better ways of doing business, better performance, greater scalability, security and SD-WAN over 5G, and honestly, fundamentally, new and delightful end customer experiences. So the idea here is that we're here to basically talk about what are the cool things that we can do at the edge of the network for the delivery of those experiences. Everything from edge computing to IoT, optimizing your WAN traffic, optimizing your experience for your hybrid and remote workers, really all of the above. And cellular is now at this point where it is a phenomenal stage for SD-WAN or software-defined wide area networking. And that's what we're here to talk to you about today. Sounds good. Thank you for that introduction and background on today's topic. Champions, you guys want to go ahead and kick it off with some questions? Oh, definitely. So let's start a little bit. Who would be the best customers for the new technology? Or which verticals would be pretty much the best ones for you? That's a phenomenal question. I'm going to give you a two-part answer, and I would love for the other two musketeers that are with me to chime in. So, uh, guys, branch-based businesses, okay? Businesses that have large branch networks or branch footprints, physical sites, those are like tier one of who should be using this and considering this. And the reason we say that is for three reasons, actually. Number one, the scalability. Number two, the ability to go literally quite anywhere. Because, for example, certain industries are opening locations in really new and innovative places that previously were not connected. And number three, the deep integration with the cloud managed network with SD-WAN. As far as verticals go, Mark, really there's five or six or seven I can give you off the top of my head, but retail, food services, manufacturing supply chain, healthcare, financial services, public sector, public safety, you name it. Any sort of organization that has multiple locations and you need to get connected to deliver a service, you need to be thinking about 5G FWA 
because it is something that will be accretive to your portfolio. It will enable you to do more and achieve more. Yeah, I do saw those uh, uh, like uh, verticals that have a, a need for the uh, instant internet access, right? So for example, uh, based on my experience, I have a customers such as like uh, utility companies, higher ed, and as well as retail customers, right? So after the uh, Meraki device is delivered, so the only reason that holding the project back is the internet is not ready yet. Every device is there, every, everyone is ready to go, but uh, it's not, uh, we cannot just deploy it because there is no internet access. We need to wait for the service provider to run the cable, to activate the circuit. And um, this, this 5G solution is really exciting. So with this uh, 5G uh, cellular gateway, so we can expect that everything will be shipped together to the, uh, to the side. And once the branch office receive the delivery, everything's there. That's all they need. Absolutely. Uh, one other, you know, important use case that no one really talks about today is actually setting up these sites at locations where there are calamities or earthquakes or some sort of like, you know, events. And in all those use cases, one needs to deliver and also like set up an internet access right away because people depend on it. And also like first responders and other emergency personnel depend on it. Right. Uh, this is a seldom a talk use case, um, but from a Cisco standpoint of standpoint, we have something called a Cisco gives, and we have delivered all these gears right away, starting from our MG21 when we launched the product all the way right now. We will do it for MG51s as well. The reason history was, if I remember correctly, was at New Zealand where there was a cyclone and we had to ship gear immediately. Um, so, you know, um, no other technology except cellular can be set up in minutes right with the SIM cards though. That is absolutely a game changer. Build on that a little bit. So to be able to uh, stand this up in minutes, one of the big things that Meraki has is the essentially zero touch provisioning, serial numbers assigned to an account, off it goes. As soon as it gets internet connectivity, registers and you can manage it. Does the same apply when you're dealing with these cell gateways? So I throw a SIM card in, as soon as it's able to connect, it'll show up in the portal and I can, I can manage it right away. Yeah, 100% then. I think uh, practically every Meraki device and much the same way that the MG will do, you just plug in a SIM, plug it into whatever network you want, and it downloads the configuration, you're up and running. Uh, you want to have a backup or redundancy, you can plug in two SIMs, it'll immediately do that same zero touch as far as backup or uh, standby uh, for the secondary SIM. So. You're up and running within a matter of a few minutes rather than saying a few weeks, like Jen pointed out, waiting for his resources, waiting for the connectivity and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I can think of many flexible deploy uh, deployment mode, right? For example, it's not only limited to the uh, MX security appliance connect to the cellular gateway, but also we can connect APs to the gateway. We can connect a switch to the gateway. We can even connect a Meraki camera to the gateway, whatever scenario requires, right? And the um, the other thing is, uh, I believe the uh, cellular gateway is also be uh, capable of powered by PoE, right? And I know that some of the MX model supports PoE ports, as well as some of the MS switch platform supports PoE ports. So it's very convenient. In fact, uh, one of my managers, former managers was uh, 
and and a particular game of chicago bulls and uh, we realized that uh, he could actually telecast he was in the parking lot and he could actively telecast practically what the game that he saw the entire parking lot was actually sitting in front of his trailer and watching uh, the game out of that uh, particular place and i mean it, it was snowing all around and he was able to telecast this it it's it's probably 15 minutes is all that it took for him uh, to drive that poe and ensure that you have a complete working solution out of that uh, uh, parking lot yes so many uh, exciting uh, deployment uh, can we uh, talk a little bit about the product maybe uh, have a little bit of uh, introduction about mg51 and mg51e sure so at a very high level, I'd like to weigh in and uh, Shankar Nooney, I would love, love if you guys could please also weigh in here. Guys, simply put, this is going to revolutionize the way that we do WAN computing because the MG51 and MG51E offer the fastest and simplest way to scale 5G connected experiences anywhere. What do I mean by that? Think about what's happening in retail right now. A lot of Retailers, especially in large metropolitan areas, are opening up locations in shipping containers, in pop-up tents. They're opening up food services locations on rooftops and in basements. How do you dig and get a wired connection there if you're trying to scale this out to 500 locations or 1,000 or 10,000? The answer is you can't. You lose your business agility, your time to market. You lose that competitive advantage. This is meant to unlock that new breed of experiences and because it's super fast and low latency, we can now start to think about immersive experiences such as augmented reality, edge computing and IoT and so forth. So very simply put, it's a cellular gateway that will power the next wave of computing for businesses everywhere. Um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if like Gian meant like what the physical specs of the device are. Is that what you meant, Gian? Yes. yes. Okay, so, uh, this, so this particular device has a specific like 5G capable, um, you know, built-in modem into it. And then it also has two redundancies for, for SIM cards for two, redundancy, of course. So one of the SIM card is primary, uh, the other automatically becomes redundant. So this gives you high availability. So in case of like outages and failures of one particular carrier, you always have uh, a backup carrier in place. Uh, on top of it, it does come with two PoE power ports. Um, and you can power the device basically through one of the ports. Also, with it comes with a DC power port um, in case uh, if you need for locations such as a, the ones I mentioned before, where you have like um, a calamity or something like that, right? You don't have an actual PoE port. Um, also, like it comes with a four cross four. Uh, what that technically means that it can do up to seven carrier aggregations download. Um, it means it can connect up to seven different frequencies and can achieve speeds up to two gigabits per second uh, on a download link and 300 Mbps on an upload link. Yeah, I'm going to add a couple of things more to what uh, Uni mentioned. Typically, you have 5G that you want to point at the best signal site. Sometimes you might need that to be in the inside of the building. Sometimes you might need to have that from the outside of the building. So the product is IP67 or IP67 certified, which means it's dust and water protected. Uh, it's got two capabilities in terms of with an antenna that's external to the device or an antenna that's internal to the device. So the, with the external antenna, you should be able to have capability to point to the most effic efficient signal 
or in the direction of the most efficient signal and pick up the best of what uh, that particular product offers. So with that, it's an internal slash an external capable uh, box uh, that you can use. So since we are talking now a little bit technology, one of the questions I have, and that's probably for Pracket, is what about high band millimeter wave? When can we see that? So very good question, Mark. So this de the two devices we're talking about today are 5G sub six. This is what's called you know mid band. So everything up to that six gigahertz part of the electromagnetic spectrum. When we were making decisions, this was the most commercially viable and ready to go 5G technology. And we're constantly evaluating new opportunities and new ways of delivering amazing and enriching experiences in order to get 5G out to the world quicker and sooner so that they can start to build these scalable experiences. This is what we standardized on. And this is also, we think, what the industry standardized on as well. We've been in conversations with the telcos. We've been in conversations with the hardware manufacturers. And this is what kind of the industry had kind of coalesced around in order to get 5G out the door. But you will continue to see innovation from our industry going forward as we're constantly evaluating new opportunities. Just to add to that, Mark, uh, one of the problems to, that we see today with millimeter wave is the coverage, right? Um, if you look at 5G NSA, that's a technology that the MG51 is using. It uses incongruence with the 4G technology. So there's a wider range, there's a wider area it can reach, and also it can provide speeds provided there is coverage, right? Millimeter wave today is only limited to certain blocks. Uh, if you see commercial deployments of Verizon in certain locations, you can get up to two gigabits to three gigabits per second, but those are just confined to one block. And we do see millimeter wave technology growing, as Pratik pointed out, but it would certainly need a lot of infrastructure planning and also from a standpoint of carriers, right, need to invest more for that technology to be commercially available. The next step in the 5G technology is called the 5G essay, where the actual 5G data goes through a 5G core as opposed to like an LTE core. And we see that carriers are already testing. T-Mobile, for example, has already achieved like 3.3 gigabits per second or 5G SA. So we see that that technology growing and certainly the millimeter wave to, you know, at some point in time, uh, but given the challenges, we don't see like, you know, um, millimeter wave being that much like um, close to like, I would say, uh, you know, even like an SA product or an NSA product achieve that kind of like, you know, reach or even from a, you know, investment standpoint, be, you know, futile enough. The hardware side, you mentioned that you could do like upward, upwards of two gig downloads. What do you have from Landport standpoint? Is it M gig or are there multiple interfaces? And then to kind of build on that, are you, when you're doing those, those downlinks, can you do that to multiple switches or multiple MXs? What is that? What would that look like? Sure. I think at this point in time, uh, each of the MGs, the MG 51s do have two, uh, ethernet ports, which are M gig of 2.5 GBPS. You can actually plug one of them into, or each one of them into an MX, uh, giving you high availability. Uh, you have the capacity for the two MXs to use that single U, single 5G uh, gateway, 
to actively take traffic out of those uh, particular networks. So that way it gives you two high availability capabilities plus the high speed that the M gigs of 2.5 gigs uh, actually provide on that. Uh, Cisco Meraki MG51 and MG51E work with the private 5G. I knew we were going to get this. Thanks, John. Short and sweet, yes. That is a use case that we have actively thought about. So for our audience, guys, this is often referred to in the industry as PCN or private cellular networks. And it was one of the most popular topics at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona last week. So fundamentally, yes, this device can be used as a gateway in a PCN network. It would need to be used in concert with or other things. Obviously, you need a SIM card. You would need a small cell, which operates as a mini tower. You would need a computing instance, which Uni will go into a little bit more, a security and SD-WAN appliance to do traffic and security policy, so on and so forth. Everything on the Cisco Meraki stack can be used for this, though. Short and sweet. And how do the uh, MG51 and MG51E work on licensed and unlicensed spectrum in relation to uh, 5G? So to answer that question, right, so we have licensed and unlicensed spectrum today. License obviously provided by a service provider. Uh, and a service provider can actually go ahead and deploy a private 5G on a licensed spectrum. Now, there's also unlicensed spectrum, which is like upwards of 3.5 gigahertz to 3.7, which is obviously called the, the uh, band 48, right, CBR spectrum. Now, again, for CBR spectrum, there are three-tiered licenses that they have today. Uh, one is specifically dedicated. I'm, I won't go into technical of that much, but one is dedicated for military use. One is for like PAL. Um, and the last one is general availability, right? The general availability is where anyone who doesn't want to get a license can use it. Now, the quality of service for that general availability is questionable. You won't get like a better you know, quality of service because it's general available and there'll be a lot of interference. However, if you partner with a service provider, that's where you can, I, I think, you know, there's a benefit in, in using both the license and the unlicensed spectrum. Now, we have our data sheet today published uh, where, you know, one can find the bands and the frequencies that the MD51 supports uh, for licensed spectrum and also for an unlicensed spectrum. For unlicensed, there's only one available at this point. Not every country is using it except North America. Okay, maybe two questions now a little bit about strategy. The first one, I can sense the excitement here in my Cisco friends about wireless. What, what about the future of broadband? Start off with this right here. So here's the hot take, folks. We are here to expand the pie of connectivity. We fundamentally believe at Cisco that more connections enable more synergistic capabilities. That's where you can start to get into sharing High, high volume data, edge computing, adding more devices. The idea with adding 5G fixed wireless access to the conversation is to fundamentally unlock a new series of capabilities. We also see a home for wired connectivity going forward for a myriad of reasons. The position that we take strategically is we want more connectivity, not less. Every connection is a new device, is a new source, and recipient of information is a new compute unit to process information is a new user. And if you think about what happened with virtualization technology several years ago with computers, they didn't replace the hardware, 
But what they did was they fundamentally altered how the hardware is used and the capabilities that it can lock. So same way, analogously speaking, this is meant to expand the pie of connectivity. I think the same is a little bit valid than if you look a little bit at SASE, SD-WAN and so on. It pretty much also has the place in that world. Uh, Shankar, did you want to add some thoughts to that as well? Just the connectivity with security? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, connectivity from the perspective of not just saying it's either wireless or wired. Uh, To Prateek's point, it's actually a collaborative effect that you could have a primary and a backup, or you could have the 5G as just a primary to the point of saying it's connectivity at the end of the day. We are here to expand the pie. It's not just one or the other. Secondly, from the angle of saying that, hey, uh, the MG has that capacity that Meraki brings in from a full stack of uh, products perspective to integrate with its own other pieces, which means it integrates with the MX portfolio. You could have on the MX portfolio the capacity to integrate with uh, an SD-WAN capability. You could have on the MX portfolio to integrate with the SASE or the security capability. So the combination of an MG and an MX in that sense would give you the capacity not just to drive the broadband, but also to drive the capacity for uh, security either on the box or in the cloud. And much in the same way that we have that single piece or the single pane of glass, that security, that SASE, everything is controlled by the Meraki dashboard. So you go to one place and get that whole thing worked out. Yeah, sorry, just to add that quickly, right? I think from a standpoint of what we serve today and the customer's problem, right? Like this is the thing that we're driving to, or striving to actually solve. And one of the biggest problems today the customer face is last mile connectivity. Uh, they need to open something up, like as pretty pointed out, like a pop-up shop, right? That doesn't happen quickly. Now, our problem and our, our solution to the problem, of course, is that we can solve this last mile connectivity by actually you know, providing a product that is quick to deploy and easy to sort of like scale uh, for thousands of locations. And that's where we are here today. Uh, we're not here to solve like, hey, here is a wireless thing that's gonna completely you know, replace wired. Wired's gonna exist. At the end of the day, even for wireless, the backbone network is still a wired connection, right? So that is gonna exist no matter what. And as everyone pointed out here, right? This is to augment, right? This We saw a fundamental use case where we need connectivity, which is you know having a good quality of service and also instant, right? And that's what we're here to solve. Uh, and wired connectivity obviously for, for corporations will still exist no matter sure. like uh, how much advancement that we make in wireless technology. I think a question that many of my customers will ask, so does this connectivity solution uh, vendor agnostic, like uh, no matter what firewall they have, no matter what switches they have, no matter what camera they want to use, will will this uh, uh, MG51, MG51E support their existing infrastructure? I'm going to let my friends weigh in on this one, but of course the best possible experience on the MG51 and 51E is on the Meraki platform because it unlocks synergies with single interface. It unlocks synergies with utilization as a primary or secondary WAN uplink over SD-WAN. And it unlocks synergies with zero touch provisioning, same day connectivity, 
you can, as a retailer, open up 10,000 locations at once on the same day, unprecedented scale. We can't deliver these things on any other device, period, end of story. But I would also love my colleagues to weigh in on this one as well. Yeah, no, absolutely to what Pratik was mentioning. Uh, as long as you've got a IP device that's able to connect to that MG, it can provide you the cellular access and help you with the same level of effectiveness that a fixed wireless uh, would actively provide to you. Having said that, much in the same way that there's a close collaboration between every one of uh, Meraki device uh, to drive that experience at the dashboard level, there are there is a secret sauce definitely that goes on between all of our devices such that customers can take the best end result that they can get when building their networks when actively working through a solution or an architecture in their uh, setup so definitely yes we work with our sister counterparts on the uh, let's say integrating an isr as an example or integrating an switch that can provide an ip connectivity uh, all of that is possible to be integrated along with an uh, MG. Yeah, just to add to that point, right? Like if you look at any Meraki product today, um, unlike a traditional Cisco product um, where you just go and type in esoteric commands on your terminal, right? Meraki basically is cloud managed. So it's very simple to use. Uh, you don't need to have a complex IT team to go and manage it. So every one of the Meraki device today is plug and play. You just, you know, connect it to a, with a wired connection that could be from an MG or your ISP and the device actually reports to dashboard. So it's pretty easy for, for a, a person without any sort of a networking background to set a bunch of units up and go to the dashboard and figure it out themselves. We have like bunch of documentation. We have so much useful materials available right there for anyone to sort of learn and start using Meraki products. And uh, when I joined Meraki, I basically didn't even have any idea of like how Meraki devices work. Now I've come to an expectation of plugging any random device to an internet and it's like, oh, why is it not working? To only to realize I have to download a firmware which is mind boggling for me because I don't have to do any of that. You two kind of both, the, the two points that you just made kind of rolled two separate questions that I had together into one, um, basically around the idea of like the, almost the software feature set that is built into the MG line. From a software standpoint, number one, are there things like, for example, a, a VPN connection or something like that? Could I just take this and plug it into a switch and have you know, some simple firewall capabilities, things like that. And then I guess the, the flip side of it would be from one of the things that some network engineers have struggled with with Meraki is not having that CLI and kind of this feeling of, of I don't have as much control. So can you get into these devices through the, the cloud portal? Can you tweak different, like what, I guess, what software capabilities do you have access to that you can you can tweak that you can adjust it from a, an engineering standpoint. Let me take that. Um, so from a from a standpoint of like Meraki devices, right? They're basically simple. There's certain amount of flexibility that you can provide uh, before it starts getting more and more complex, right? Now you're like, oh, I need X amount of UI buttons to solve this problem, right? And our philosophy is very simple. Simplicity of something that is really complicated, but also not or complicating things, right? So for example, 
we have a customer requirement to solve 80% of the problems that customers face today. We cannot solve 100% and we don't claim it, right? Uh, our larger behemoth, our mothership, Cisco, does a lot of things where they actually solve those complex deployments. And that's where we tell them, like, if your deployment is really complex and you need those fine knobs and stuff like that, please go ahead and start, you know, working on a Cisco device. Now, your deployment is easy. Your deployment is like, hey, we need X amount of features. And, and all those features are delivered to cloud management. And also from a feature set standpoint, we do have certain amount of features from a roadmap perspective. Uh, and you believe that what the vision that we are delivering, please uh, come ahead and, and go ahead and use Meraki. Now, from an MD standpoint, we cannot really do like a VPN we can serve as a backhaul for that, but we cannot really do a you know VPN. We cannot do really firewall policies because once we start doing that, there the delineation that exists between an MX and an MG starts fading away. And we want to keep that delineation where we have products specific to a certain use case, and that is our security appliance MX. We want customers to use that. We want MGs to be used in a location where they need instant connectivity, but they also want to benefit from cellular, you know, um, you know, characteristics at that place where they can place it outdoor and get the best out of the product, right? So, th there's a fine, you know, line that you don't want to cross by actually marrying certain features here and there, uh, and we want to, you know, keep keep our portfolio clean. Please feel free to add, a, you know, Pratik and, and Chunker. You hit the nail on the head right there. We have created these devices purposefully and intentionally to function as they do. So your routing appliance or security and SD-WAN appliance is going to be inside of a closet called an MDF or an IDF. Oftentimes it's in a basement. If we slapped a gateway on there, you're not going to get the best experience on cellular. This device can literally be put outside in a Chicago snowstorm. And as a matter of fact, Uni and I did test that and it works. So if you think of a three-dimensional cube, this gateway can be put outside or on a pole with direct line of sight to your cellular towers, and you will have the best possible experience there. While the rest of your network rack will still be indoors, running and doing exactly as it needs to be doing, switching, routing, security, firewall, everything. So it was purposefully designed for that. Let me give an example very quickly there. Um, so when T-Mobile actually rolled out their work from home internet connection, that's actually a 5G device, where you can actually buy from T-Mobile 50 bucks a piece for every month. And then you can just like start using 5G. It's an indoor based device. It's not actually outdoor. Um, so many users who started using the device started experiencing speeds between 50 to 80. They started, you know, moving the device around their home. They're not really getting anything more than 150 Mbps. And T-Mobile was claiming that you can get 300. One of the blog posts that I read was one of the user actually took that device outdoors. He knew where exactly the tower were he disconnected the antennas from from the whole device he connected a third-party antenna pointed to the device he got close to 800 mbps so deployment and also like the way you can actually uh, install the devices matters quite a bit um, and that's why we are here to solve right like we have external antennas we have optional patch antennas um, for deployments such as that, where you can actually leverage and get higher speeds. You guys talked about a couple of use cases earlier on, and one of the ones I was actually talking with a, a colleague about this podcast, and they were kind of like, well, I can't really see the use case in a in an enterprise, like a, a corporate network environment. So, you know, you mentioned like the, the branches and all that, but if you're talking relatively sizable campuses, the, the question was like, where would this come up? 
and one of the the things that I was thinking was uh, out of band management. You put a cell gateway. That way, you're completely independent of whatever carriers. And then that's actually why I asked about the the VPN question. Like, do I do I need an MX to be able to terminate a VPN connection, or could I just go straight to the MG? But do you have kind of thoughts on that? Is that something that you've seen customers potentially using? Is using this as like an out of band to support a a data center or a large campus environment? Oh, definitely, uh, Dan. We we have seen uh, customers using it uh, for out of band. Uh, management uh in fact just before uh this discussion we actively got off a customer discussion wherein they are exactly intending to work uh, this out so uh if you've got a network that you want to manage from an external environment an mg could definitely come into use where you could uh, get into uh, using cellular and then manage the routers or the uh, switches or the network devices uh, behind that uh, particular connectivity. So that could be one uh, angle of uh, working with them. Uh, the other angle of working with uh, customers in terms of out-of-band management is when you've got troubleshooting issues or when you've got problems or situations where, uh, let's say, a, a particular uh, network device is down outside of, uh, let's say, in a vending machine. Some of the customers use a product at a vending machine. It's got active, it's got GPS capabilities, and you know exactly as to where where this particular device is located. As a result of which, if you have to send out a technician that physically needs to plug in a wire, physically needs to have some kind of uh, formal connectivity to one on the wired side, you can get that GPS location and then send out that technician to the other place. So in both cases, you've got troubleshooting, out-of-band management uh, that, that gives you capabilities and feedback. Yeah, plus I think one of the things that the industry is going towards is cloud management. So uh, every device today, even like um, if you look at our catalyst uh, switches, R can be managed through like Meraki dashboard. That is a big feat of achievement. Uh, generally, people think, oh yeah, we can just you know maintain cloud management for every device. I have to tell them it is not easy. Definitely not easy to maintain security, to maintain the quality of service. If you look at a Meraki dashboard, the feel of it, it actually feels like you're working on an actual instance, right? Through your CLI, every you know, config that you actually go and change, it literally takes like four seconds for the device, for the config to be applied onto the device. So it's actually very real time too. So, you know, with cloud management coming into picture, I think most more and more devices will be managed via cloud. Now, we also know that you want to have your own cloud management inside a data center, which you want to manage physically. And we do have vManage, which is like Viptela. Uh, for that, those kind of scenarios, but also like from a Meraki standpoint or a dashboard, we manage it. We don't have, or we don't let the customers or anyone to manage the whole thing because it is not easy. And we want to make it easy for folks to manage those kind of deployments. Yeah, I have another question. Do you see any opportunities to reduce net carbon emissions by eliminating uh, carbon emitting activities related to wired broadband infrastructure? You, Uni, you're our champion for sustainability. 
All right, sure, why not? So let's start with the packaging itself, right? Um, if you look at our packaging, no plastics, and we have been doing this for years now. Um, all our our packaging are bio from like biodegradable substances. Uh, it's completely natural. On top of it, like I think one of the biggest issue with the last mile deployment, that is, you said, is to like for ISPs and providers to dig up, you know, like fibers underneath. Etc. That actually is causing like quite a bit of environmental impact in terms of like what sort of activities that goes in. Right uh, now, with cellular specifically, you can deploy it and be done with it. You don't have to really go through and you know dig tunnels underneath and whatnot. Right. And secondly, from a from a standpoint of utilization, right, we are actually actively working for all the devices that we have to reduce power consumption. Right, these are wired devices. They consume like 15 to 16 watts of power, not really that much, but still we wanna actually keep it as low as possible, right? Whenever there is not an active utilization, we wanna you know reduce that kind of utilization. So we work with carriers uh, during certifications to see like how much minimal we can keep our footprint in terms of transmitting data, right? There's something called as a radio resource utilization between an, a tower and actual device. We try to reduce it as much as possible. So we're doing a number of things uh, as part of our sustainability effort to reduce the power consumption of the device, change, you know, improve our packaging and also be like more sustainable for the future. Another one I'll throw out at you is so you've talked about having like the secondary SIM so that you've got the, the ability to have failover. What does that look like as far as how do you determine failure conditions if you've got can you look, I know from an SD-WAN standpoint, you can do things where if latency or, or loss hits a certain threshold, can you dial into that level of kind of granularity? Are you waiting for, you know, the primary to be complete, completely down? Can you load balance between the two? What, what flexibility do you have between those two connections? Sure. Uh, I mean, from a standpoint of load balancing, we cannot do that today. Uh, what we have today is called as... Uh, single active dual standby. That means like two SIM cards, one SIM card active at any given time. So the failover principles for MG today is pretty straightforward. We haven't really actually got a complex configuration for it, but you bring up a very good point, right? Uh, maybe there are consumers or customers who want to actually have certain fine grain failover principles. And that is part of our roadmap strategy. Now today, if a a SIM card fails if there's an outage, if there's no connectivity to dashboard or internet for five minutes, the device actively fails over to the secondary SIM. Now, there has been instances where our customers have asked for scenarios where the signal strength goes below a certain threshold or latency or loss goes below a certain threshold. But this is the important thing that you have to realize between cellular and actual wired connection. If you take a wired connection, your latency is two seconds all the time, but cellular isn't, right? Your two seconds might be 10 seconds when there's an active load on the tower, when there's active interference, there's competing signals, there's no active line of sight, there's so many reasons, right? That can actually change. Now, if you actually do failure based on that, at that given instance in time, Perhaps in, in 30 minutes, your signal conditions have improved, your load on the tower has improved, and stuff like that. You could get a better, you know, sort of like throughput at that given point in time. So until we get to a 5G, you know, deployment where we can actively measure, you know, latency, loss, et cetera, with accuracy, right, we cannot really do that kind of fine-grained principles. I mean, 
we could do that, right? But does it really help the customer? In our hist in our in our you know experiments and in in all the you know you know deployments that we have done, no. I cannot conclusively say at 5 p.m. during the peak hour, the load on the tower is very high. You will experience experience latency, but that's not the case with 10 a.m. You will get a higher throughput, right? So there's obviously something that cellular industry has to has to improve on. Once it does, we will give those kind of fine grained policies. Today we don't have it, but definitely we have those in the roadmap. Usually, if there is a MX appliance behind the MG cellular gateway, the MX can make that decision, right? Because the MX is capable Absolutely. of uh, doing the uh, performance-based uh, decision. Correct. In fact, we've got uh, cellular-based SD-WAN capabilities. So given a cellular device is just about any kind of connectivity to us, manage traffic between a wired connectivity and the cellular connectivity, choose the kind nature of applications, traffic that you want to put in on the uh, uh, cellular. And and service providers have been thankful. I mean, we're thankful to service providers. Unlimited data plans on 5G are the way to go today that uh, service providers have, have put it up. So that way it helps us for what kind of data you want. And also, like Dan, from your standpoint, right? Like, sorry, it just was trying to finish that up. Was the was a case where, like, if you actually go with a cellular provider, you have actually a tie-up, right? You you wanna like you know go with them so that they can provide you the quality of service template, like T-Mobile, as Shankar was pointing out. They sort of like you know promise their customers a 300 Mbps, like right off the bat, with a quality of service template where there's a TFT, they said, on the back end, and your traffic has higher priority on their network, right? So if you actually change failover principles based on like the time of the day and then keep changing back and forth, not only it's going to actually reduce the level of, you know, like quality of service that is delivered, but also like, um, as Jian pointed out, you can actually do that from an MX, right, where you can still keep your your connection active and then policies being applied to the MX so they can balance your traffic better. And actually, I'm thinking about a way to uh, migrate over to the 5G uh, connectivity solution, right? Because um, we can uh, have the uh, broadband still serve as one of the uh, connection solution and also add this as a secondary or as the second uh, connection. Use the MX uh, security appliance to um, prefer the traffic over the 5G cellular gateway. And if it doesn't meet any performance requirement, then it fell back to the broadband. And we can see in a specific certain time, like for example, a week or a month, how many times it fail, actually fail to the uh, broadband. If it's never failed, then it means that the 5G uh, connectivity meets the performance requirement for the uh, branch office. And remember to op mount it with optimal and direct line of sight as well to make sure that you have that best possible experience. You can put this thing outside if you wanted to. So that will be a key variable. And I assume that if I want to put this outside, uh, I should choose the MG51E, right? Or if MG51 is also available outside. Both work outside. Pick your best one that suits your use case. Oh, that's great. So I guess the only difference between 51 and 51E is 51E support external antenna. That's it. All the other uh, things, they're the same. Yep. yep. Enhanced antennas, external antennas, the ability to integrate with an optional accessory called a patch antenna. That's it. It just has a little bit more capability in that side. Thanks. Okay. Sounds like we had a really good conversation. 
Before I close out, Pratik, Uni, Shanka, is there anything that we didn't cover or that you want our listeners to know? I mean, I think we had an excellent conversation uh, between the uh, three musketeers, if I can come back to that, and uh, the entire team out here. We had a great set of questions, great set of feedback that uh, Mark, Gianna, as well as Dan were able to sort of steer the conversation towards Pratik, what do you feel? I'm going to say, guys, I've loved this conversation. And to the audience here, don't believe it? Come see it. Go to meraki.cisco.com slash products slash wireless dash WAN. Come take the product for a spin. We'll give you a free trial of the product. Try it out in your enterprise and see how you can unlock a new way of doing wireless and wide area networking. All right. Well, that's another great episode on the books. To our listeners, if you want to continue your learning on today's topic, you can check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week. 